0: this is emmanuel today taking steps toward god's possible in your life it's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with christ let's join today's message right now well, good morning once again church so good to be able to be in god's house to be joining in online as well And I love the opportunity that we have to lean in to listen for God's voice. I don't know how many of you were able to make it out to the state fair, the great Minnesota get together. And uh, my belt is very aware of the fact that I've been to the fair a couple times. You know, I've had to loosen up a couple notches here because of all those great things. I don't know how you approach the fair. I usually check, I kind of map it out. And I'm like, okay, I got to try this, I got to try that. I had some amazing BLT focaccia with a fried egg on it and some sriracha sauce on it. I had this concoction made out of jalapeno, lime, and cucumber. And I'm not certain if I, if I, I don't know if I loved it or I dreaded it, but I couldn't stop drinking it. And uh, it's just amazing. And, uh, and, and so... I love uh, that we got to go as a family, but what I most love about the fact we went yesterday, we were there with part of our church family, with our Hispanic ministry, for the first time ever in 68 years that Crossroads Chapel had a Spanish service hosted at our state fair. Can we just clap and celebrate? Felicidades. ¿Dónde está mi gente? A ver. So exciting to be able to meet with people, pray with them, and be able to share the good news of Jesus. So, one of the highlights of my week. And I love that we get to be together today to open God's word and listen for his voice. Um, We've completed a series that's called Moving Forward. And, uh, you know, we ended with the book of Joshua. And as I was preparing to to speak today and praying and saying, God, what do you want to say to us at this point of our journey? There was a, a story that kept on coming up and then it showed up in conversations that I had with Pastor Jody as well and, and uh, it's in the in the book of Judges. That comes right after Joshua and it's the story of Gideon. And if there's one of my top and favorite stories in Scripture, it's the story of Gideon. We should do like a, a year-long series on Gideon. There's so much that we could cover. I literally had to chop away notes, or we would have been here till this evening, and uh, you know, there's just so much to cover, and, uh, and, and I love the inspiration of this story, you know, it's, it's uh, just a little bit of it, we're going to start with a spoiler, so if you want to cover your ears, if you're going to read it later, right? Gideon is used by God to bring about an incredible victory against three allied nations, 135,000 people that have come against the people of God. And uh, they have raided their land. They have ravished it year after year. And the people of Israel, the people of God, have just become—they're worn out. They're exhausted. They become cynical. They are—they're just—they're resenting anything that looks like hope. And uh, in the middle of all that, God shows up, calls a man named Gideon, and uh, just to make a long story short, Gideon he recruits uh, men that would stand up and go and fight instead of just being stuck in survival mode. And he gets 32 that sign up and they're ready to go. And God says, that's too many. If you go with this amount, then it's too many. It's not going to be evident that I'm the one bringing the victory. And so then they prune that group and they get down to 10,000 and Gideon's like, okay, 10,000 against 135,000. That's a pretty, you know, that's a good underdog story. And God says, that's still too many. And uh, Gideon started sweat. You know, sweat beads started coming down his forehead right there. And he's like, okay, what am I going to do now? And he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'll give you this way to, to kind of filter out. And we're going to land on the, on the number that I want. And they end up with 300 men. That means that it was one man to every 450 enemy warriors. And Gideon takes these 300 men because God has led him. He's crazy because he's, he's filled with faith, unshakable, unbreakable faith. And he goes with these warriors and they stand, they split up into three groups, but not before he has first armed them. And if I was one of those 300 men, I'd be like, okay, give me some amazing weaponry. Give me, give me something that is going to at least level things out. But God is not a fan of, of uh, weapons that would, that would distract our faith from him. Right. And so Gideon's going out, and you know they got the guys lined up, and he's like, "Okay, here's your weapons. Here's a ram horn for you." And they're like, "What am I supposed to do with this?" Here's a torch for you as well. Oh, that's thank you so much. Here's a jar clay vessel for you, and uh, and 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 they you know they've got their swords, but they've got they're like, "I wish I didn't have to carry all this other stuff with me as I'm going into battle." But they split up into three groups, and uh, at Gideon's sign. They break those jars of clay and there's lit torches inside. It's in the middle of the night. And they blow on those horns and they yell by the sword of God and by Gideon. And these three groups were surrounding the enemy nations, these 135,000 warriors. And God threw the enemy into confusion and they ended up fleeing and fighting each other. And God brought about an amazing victory. And, uh, and you're like, oh, that's, that's awesome, that's so nice, thank you, thank you for that cute story. Nothing could be farther from my reality right now, right? I don't have a ram's horn, I, don't have a, I didn't bring a torch to church and, uh, and that just seems so distant, you know, from what I'm experiencing. But let me tell you that God is, he's an expert at underdog victories. God is an expert at using unlikely heroes and that's where we come into the story, right? God is, he's an expert at showing that if we are with him, if we're walking with him, we are unstoppable. Amen. If we are walking with him, if we are in alignment with what he has stepped into motion, then we already have the victory that is guaranteed to us. And you're like, that's, that's cute as well. Thank you so much. That's really nice. Nice. But you don't know what I'm facing on the home front. You don't know the struggles I'm having with parenting. You don't know what my marriage is going through. You don't know what my finances look like. You don't know what my career uh, is looking like at this point. You don't know what my business is looking like. You don't know what my health concerns are at this point. And let me just tell you that I might not know, but God full well does know what you are facing. And the same God of Gideon is your God today. And there's something that can happen in you today that can arm you with the mindset and with the faith to face whatever obstacle is in your way, and you can head into that with the certainty that God's going to give you a victory. How many say amen to that? Amen. What if today was that turning point? What if today is that moment where we stop uh, kind of mellowing in a ditch of doubt and cynicism and frustration and anger and anger? And what if today God shifts that and changes our outlook? And what if today we were like Gideon as he's standing in the middle of the night and they got their three crews split up and, and he's just eager, he's full of adrenaline and he knows that it's just a matter of minutes before God brings victory. What if we could ask Gideon, how did you get there? How did, how did you arrive to that point and have that unshakable, unbreakable faith to face the odds that were not in your favor I think Gideon would he would tell us a bit about his own story and he would say you know what before God started working out there in the circumstance he started working in here and he started working up here it says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 and I am certain that God who began the good work within you let me repeat that phrase who began the good work within you where did it begin? who began it? So it doesn't depend on us. God began the good work within you. He will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returned. So Gideon, how do you get to the place where you have unstoppable faith? Let's turn to Judges chapter 6 verse 11 as we look up the story of Gideon, this unlikely hero. In this man of God that is going to inspire us to face whatever challenges are standing in our way today. Judges 6 verse 11 says the following, the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, that's Ophrah, not Oprah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. And I did use the audible Bible to know how to pronounce that name. I just did a little disclaimer there. So Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And Gideon's like, You have the wrong number, right? I'm just focused on survival right now. I'm not trying to be anyone's hero. I'm trying to get enough grain to feed myself. But then he says, Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the tribe of Manasseh and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against a single man, against one individual, not three allied nations with 135,000 warriors. So Gideon would say, you know what? The first thing is we need to state our thoughts and deal with our mindset. State your thoughts and deal with your mindset. I said state your thoughts, and what I'm meaning by that is Bring your thoughts to God in prayer. I love these portions like this, where God is interacting with all these questions that we, we try to educate God on how things really are. And God puts up with us. And, he, and, and he just he's just patient. He's loving. And, and he kindly just talks us through our own mental obstacles. And uh, he did it with Gideon. He did it with Moses. He did it with Jeremiah. He did it with Habakkuk. He did it with, you know, he does it with me. And I'm like, God, but you don't understand. And God is like, actually, I do understand. Let me help you understand. And then in in Gideon, you know, he needs to bring his thoughts to God. I think one of the things that a a great mistake that we make today is that instead of of dealing and stating uh, our thoughts in prayer with God, we're too quick to post them for the rest of the world to interact with them. And you know what? That doesn't change our mindset. It only digs our heels in with the wrong mindset. Prayer is the best path to a change in our mindset. But some of us have lost the habit and the custom of bringing our thoughts to God. Prayer is not a scripted monologue. It's not something you recite to God. Prayer is, is, is raw, transparent, emotion, bringing it to God and saying, I don't get it. I'm upset and God is not afraid of that. He welcomes that and he says, I've been waiting for this moment, let's, let's talk. And as we come and we, we declare what really is, we put a name on the emotions that we're navigating inside of our heart, that's when we get clarity. And that's when we begin to deal with our mindset. You know, the first thing that God does is he hears Gideon, ouch. And he knows that Gideon is stuck. He's in this bunker mindset. He's in survival mode. He's cynical. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's bitter. He's, you know, he's like, how can I do this? What do you mean that I'm going to I'm a mighty hero? And, uh, and, and he's full of self-doubt, insecurity, comparison, I'm from the smallest, the weakest clan in my tribe. And I'm the least of my siblings. And we fall into the trap of comparison. How is that working for us? Are we stronger? Are we more optimistic? Are we more filled with faith as we compare ourselves with others? Why don't we go to God first and listen from him and allow him to steer us and renew our mind, like it says in Romans 12, so that then we can see what his good is. In favorable will is for our lives. The enemy can't keep us in a bunker. Let me say that again the enemy can't keep us in a bunker, but our mindset can. So if we are not willing to bring our mindset to God, to submit our thoughts to Him in our attitude, we're going to get stuck where we're at. No wonder we're in this cycle that keeps on repeating day after day, month after month, year after year, and we're like, well, God's failed me, no. God's a God of opportunity, of new beginnings. He's got an incredible bright future for each of us. But he's not gonna force it on you, he's gonna invite you out of your bunker. And it starts with us saying, God, change my mindset. I ran across a blog that that, uh, really captures this well by Lamar Moore. It's called, Survival Mode is Killing You. Have you been living too long in survival mode? Survival mode is the short-term, fear-based mode of thinking you enter when your fight or flight response is triggered. It's the poisonous mentality that leads you to attack or retreat during stressful times rather than communicate and embrace. In survival mode, you spend so much time focusing on the dangers that you miss out on the opportunities. You spend so much time cursing the bad things that happen to you that you miss out on the important lessons they were designed to teach and end up going through similar experiences over and over until you reflect, and reflect more carefully. Survival mode shuts off the part of you that takes risks, the part that uses your imagination and goes with the flow and instead directs all that precious energy to the part that plays it safe, holds on to regret and resentment, and too often demands control. Survival mode swallows you up in comparison Survival mode makes you selfish. Survival mode makes you ungrateful. Survival mode is killing you. We're not denying the stress that we get to experience, that we go through, but we don't get stuck there. And Gideon was so focused on surviving that he was clinging to that handful of grain and he was losing sight of the bright future God had for him. Today, God is going to shift our mindset and change our outlook. Today, God is going to replace cynicism with hope. How many say amen to that? Today's going to bring new strength into your picture. You felt like you're just kind of dragging a foot in front of the other and just kind of enduring life. Today, God brings new wind into your sails. Before things change out here, they begin to change here and they begin to change here. How many say amen to that? God wants to lead us out of survival mode and into a growth mindset. He wants us to have an unshakable faith when it comes to our career, to our marriage, to our parenting, to whatever challenges we're facing, your finances. God wants you to be hopeful, not defeated in life. Amen? Love what Paul says as he's writing in really difficult circumstances. He's a prisoner in a Roman prison and in Philippians 2, verse 13, he says, for God is working in you. There it is. God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4, 13. It's, it's a faith that turns into the lens that we do life through. It's believing that God will give us the power and the energy And the desire, you're like, I don't even have the strength to to want to do good. Don't worry, God's got you covered. Well, once I have the desire, then it's frustrating, because I don't even have the strength to actually carry it out. Don't worry, God's got you covered. He'll give you the desire and the power and the energy and the follow-through to put a foot in front of the other and walk in the ways that he set up for you. How many say amen to that? I need God to remind me of these things sometimes because I can get stuck in that same bunker mentality. And before I know it, I'm wasting precious time. There's so much that God has in every single day. So Gideon, is that all we need? And he's like, no, 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 wait, you need to look at the rest of the story. So let's go to Judges chapter six, verse 22. And this is, I I just want to mention, I was, as I was praying through reading through notes, I was like, okay, I've got to, I've got, I've got to trim this down or we're going to be here too long and i almost cut this point out and god had to he's like no that's actually this is a key point you need to keep that in there because if we only arm ourselves with a with the positive mindset with a faith filled outlook and we don't deal with this next thing we're going to be sliding back into the same pit time after time judges 622 when gideon realized that it was the angel of the lord he cried out oh sovereign lord i'm doomed I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It is all right, the Lord replied. Don't be afraid, you will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. That's amazing. That's a whole separate sermon, right? Before he's seeing victory, he's already building altars and saying God is peace. Amen? And Gideon, you know, the the altar remains in Ophrah in the land of the clan of Abizar to this day. That night the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd the one that is seven years old, and pull down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully. Sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar, using as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. Gideon, what does this all mean? It means you gotta make up your mind and commit your heart. I've talked to folks once in a while and they've said, you know, I've tried Christianity and it didn't really work out. And I would beg to differ. You've probably tried the free trial version. <laughs> the non-committal one that you canceled the subscription before the week was up. That one? The one that came with free advertising in it. And you're like, ah, I tried it. It doesn't work. No, Christianity, following Jesus. It's not, it's not like, you know, world religion. It's a relationship with the person of Jesus. And, and it's a relationship that is, it's, it's compared to the relationship, the covenant relationship of marriage. I've got a wedding ring here because I am married I to my beautiful wife, Analia. This ring is a reminder, not only to me, but to everyone around me, that we said we would be through this, through thick and thin, in sickness and health, for rich or for poor, forsaking all others till death do us part. Doesn't mean that there hasn't been difficult days. There's been amazing days, and there's been some challenges, but we are in it together. And we don't come. I'm not married weekdays, and then we're single on the weekends. That's not how it works. It's it's an ongoing commitment right? And, and, and as we commit in our faith to God, God says, I am all in, in this covenant, in this relationship with you. I will withhold nothing from you says Lord. But then we in response need to say, God, I am all in with you as well. I'm not, it's not going to be a seasonal thing. It's not going to be a temporary thing. I'm not going to, you know, cancel my subscription when things get a little rough. I'm not going to forget you. And you know what happened to Gideon? They had all these other idols that started popping up. Now notice, God directs Gideon to his own backyard. And we're quick to notice what's going on in other people's lives or even at a national level. We're quick to point things out. We need to start at home. We need to start in our own heart and say, what is standing in the place that only God should occupy in my life? What is competing with God as King and Lord of my life? What is distracting my attention, my affection, my devotion that should be exclusive to God? That's the first thing. Before you go and face the obstacle and the enemy, commit your heart to him. Make up your mind. Don't do halfway living. That is not living. And as we commit to him and as we follow him wholeheartedly, he will lead us to tear down what needs to be torn down. Some of you today, as we're talking about this, the Holy Spirit's bringing to mind, he's like, you need to tear that thing down. And then you need to carefully build up the altar. That dedication, that commitment to God. Pastor Nate really talked a lot about this this past week, the fourth message of growing, of moving forward. And I wanna encourage you, if you missed it or you need to revisit it, I wanna encourage you to do that and uh, rebuild that altar to the Lord. So Gideon, then we're, okay, we're good. We got a new mindset, and now we, got, we committed our heart. Is that all? Hold on. We got a couple more things that God is doing. He's working in us as we're facing that moment of definition. Look with me at Judges chapter 6, verse 34. Then the Spirit of the Lord, clothe Gideon with power. And I just say, it's the same verbiage as Luke 24, 49. Wait in Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit will come and clothe you with power. Same Holy Spirit, empowering us. Comes over Gideon, and he blew the ram's horn and called to arms. The men of the clan of Abiezer came to him. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulon, Naphtali, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel, as you promised, prove it to me this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight, if the fleece is wet with dew in the morning and the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowlful of water. If have got a, a fleece, a prop, let's give it up for Santiago as he brings this. Thank you so much. It took him a while to find sheep this morning, but I'm glad you did it actually from Ikea. It took me an hour and a half to assemble it. <laughs> Anytime I finish assembling Ikea furniture, I feel like an engineer. And uh, until that moment, I feel like an utter failure, you know, because it's just... Anyway, that's a whole different topic. But lays this out on the threshing floor. He's like, God, I'm not procrastinating. Even though it looks like it, like I'm trying to avoid going to battle, I'm not. I just... I need to be sure that it's you, Lord. If it really is you, and you're saying that you want to do things this way, I've got this little test that I'd like you to uh, do for me. Could you please complete the survey for me, Lord, so I can just be sure. I need to be certain, right? Got this fleece out, the ground, and I'm going to leave it out there tonight. If the dew wets the fleece and then the ground is dry... I'll believe. I'll be, I promise. I believe. You know, in Argentina, when you are like someone's like pinky swearing down there, they do they do like a little cross and kiss like that. So we don't do that. But now you know. <laughs> he gets up in the morning and he's like, "Wow, the ground is dry." Ah, you know, I, I knew it. What I knew it was that jalapeno lime cucumber drink. It wasn't God that spoke to me, right? But he and he's like, "Oh, this is wet," and he wrings it out. And it's filled, it fills up a whole bowl. And he's like, okay, that might have been a coincidence. (laughs) I want to try this again. I just, I need to be certain, God. Before I take a step, I need you to really convince me. Lord, be patient with me. Let's try this again. Can you do it the other way around, though? And he's thinking, he's feeling pretty sneaky, right? And so God's like, okay. So then the next morning he comes out. Fleece is dry, the ground is wet. And then he's like, okay, I'm convinced. Let me say, you know, this is Christianese. We use the fleece. It actually comes from the story. It's Christianese for asking God for proof and a sign, right? And so uh, have you laid out your fleece before the Lord to know if this is really the man or the woman that God has for you? Have you laid out your fleece if you need to go and pursue this job or not? Fleeces are okay. Signs and wonders are okay. Uh, but they cannot replace... The actual learning how to recognize God's voice in our life, you know so if I'm living with my, with my wife and, uh, as I should, and, uh, and she calls from upstairs, she's like, "Hey, Nathan And I'm, and I'm like, "Hello, who is that?" It's Analia, please prove it to me, give me the last four digits of your social security number. <laughs> Depending on what she's asking for, I might do that, right And so there comes a point in our relationship where we already know each other. And she, she doesn't even finish the phrase, I already know what she wants, right? Or I already know what, you know what's coming next. We know each other and we move in sync like that. So fleeces and signs are okay, but they're actually more like training wheels for what God actually wants to do and develop in our lives. So speaking of training wheels, thank you for going out. And uh, who did you take this from, by the way? This is actually my nephews, Toby, training wheels are great, because until you learn how to balance, you know, you're learning how to use your effort to kick that pedal and use the inertia of the bike for momentum, and then you're learning how to balance, you know, it kind of keeps you, keeps you safe, right? And uh, you can call me Leonardo. There we go. Let me just say, there comes a point when you need to outgrow these things, right? Or people are going to be pointing at you as you go down the street, right? True. This is true. Training wheels are great, but they're only for a season. I think I almost knocked my microphone off there. I, I will. After service, I will. I will take it for a spin. When everyone's left, I will take it for a spin. The thing, you know, I I heard later on, why didn't I know about these things before? Uh, You know, if you put a a belt around a kid's waist and kind of hold them up and run by them while they're, that's a great way to teach them how to kids, I mean, you could just pick them up. If the bike's about to fall, right? Wish my parents had known that, you know, should have saved so many skinned knees. Someone else was telling me about the, you know, teaching me how to, ride. I, I know how to ride a bike, by the way, by this, you know, so just so that you're at, you're at peace with that, but by a curb doing it, but we all need things in our life that'll help us, but they're temporary, they're seasonal until our relationship with God deepens and we learn how to recognize his voice. We learn to listen and we choose to trust. That's the third thing Gideon would say to you, learn to listen, choose to trust and it comes to a point where trust overrides apprehension. It overrides doubts and fears. And we learn that it's really trusting him, not ourselves. In fact, God said to Gideon in, in, in Judges 7 verse 2, you have too many warriors with you. You know, he had 32,000 and then they weaned him down to 10. And he's like, if I let you go fight the Midianites this way, The Israelites will boast that they saved themselves by their own strength. If we only trust ourselves, we're going to think that we did it and that it wasn't God. God's signature is that he chooses not the wisest, not the fastest, not the strongest, but the willing, the limited. That's where you and I come into the picture. Those who say, you know what, without him, I wouldn't be able to do this. But because he is with me, in kingdom math, we have critical mass. We are more because we are doing this together. And the key is to trust him, not myself. Proverbs 3 5 through 7 Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed. With your own wisdom. It's like liking your own post. right? Instead fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. As we walk with the Lord. We learn that his strength. Is made perfect in our weakness. How many thank God for that. He doesn't discard us. He doesn't disqualify us. We say God we're here. We trust you. We believe you. That's the beauty of the gospel. He doesn't dispose of the earthen vessel. He puts the treasure in it. It's both the earthen vessel and the treasure. That's the gospel. So Gideon, we're ready, right? We, uh, we, we, we've, we've now declared our, our thoughts, and, and we've, we've dealt with our mindset, and uh, we've made up our mind. We've, we've, we've committed our heart. We've learned to listen. We've, we're choosing to, to trust. Is that all? It's like, no, you actually need to put it into motion and action. You need to actually take steps. It's not only theory. If, you, if our faith is only theory, then it's not going to go anywhere. Judges 7, verse 7 through 15 says, Then the Lord told Gideon, With these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the warriors and sent them home, but kept the 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night the Lord said, Get up, go. I've got this bolded and underlined in my text here. Get up and go. There comes a moment when God says, time to take a step. Time to take a step. You've got enough information from me. Now you actually have to walk it out. Go down to the Midianite camp for I have given you victory over them. I love that verbal tense. Get up and go imperative and I have already given you victory. God has already set things into motion and if we're able to identify that We can join him in the great work that he's doing. There's a momentum that has already built. All we need to do is jump into it. Amen? But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Pira. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. Listen, be greatly encouraged, then you will be eager. Something will change inside of you, and you'll be encouraged, and you'll be ready. You'll be eager something will shift, and you'll want to head into battle. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of the sand of the seashore, too many to count. And Gideon crept up, just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. So he sneaks up by a tent, And he's eavesdropping. He's listening with what the enemy's talking about inside. The man said, I had this dream, and in my dream a loaf of barley came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. His companion answered, Your dream can mean only one thing. God has given you, Gideon, the son has given Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed and worshipped the Lord, and he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. There was a dream. There was something happening in the tents of the enemy. God was already at work, even behind the scenes, and there was this, this dream that he had of a loaf of barley that was rolling, tumbling down. It was set into motion. It was, there was momentum building, and it crushed the enemy tents. If I was Gideon, I'd be like, why am I compared to a loaf of barley, Lord? But that's a, that would have been beside the point, right? The interpretation was, this can only mean one thing. God has already given Gideon and his army victory over us. So they were already fearful and they were filled with anxiety. And Gideon says, you know what? I have listened. I have heard. I am greatly encouraged. And I hope that's what's happening with you today. You are listening you are being encouraged, and then you will be passionate about taking the next step that God has lined up for you. There comes a point in our journey where we need to get up and jump into God's momentum. How many say amen to that? Amen. And I've got one final illustration in case you wonder how many more we could pack on the, on the platform here. And so we have already graduated from the training wheels. Thank you. So are you going to ride that? No? Okay, thank you. Next time. Graduated from the training wheels, right? And we've learned that if we're able to give just a push, a step, we learned a thing or two about balance, we learn about inertia, we learn about a momentum. We've heard God's voice. And we know that he is at work, even behind the scenes. When we don't see anything, we know that he's at work. We know that we don't have to pedal the whole way. All we need to do is join him into what he has already set into motion. And we know that he will not fail because he is always at work. And we know that it's not exhausting to join him and to trust him because he knows what he is doing and he's truthful to his promises and still watch your toes, just in case. There comes a moment when you need to get out of your bunker and you need to jump into what God is doing. You need to realize that it's a, it's his momentum that carries us. We can go faster, we can go farther, and we can reach destinies that we can never do in our own strength because we've learned, learned to listen, we've chosen to trust. And we know that at one point we need to just get up and get moving into what he has already started. God is at work. God is at work. He's at work behind the scenes. The problem is we've been so focused on our pain and the immediate need that we lost sight of the fact that he's at work. And you might need signs, that's okay. He'll give them to you. But I wanna encourage you, don't get stuck there. Graduate from your training wheels. Start trusting the voice of the spirit in your life. Start trusting him with your next steps in your marriage. Start trusting him with your next steps as you're dreaming and forecasting about the future. Start trusting him as he leads you as a parent. Start trusting him as he guides you and provides for you. Start trusting him as he helps you overcome the things that tangle you up and trip you up so often. Start believing that he has victory planned for your life start saying God I not only believe it I not only begin to see it but I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna join you and I'm gonna walk in the things that you have already set in motion for my life amen would you stand to your feet our worship team is gonna come on out we're gonna take a moment to pray to respond to God and say God I want I want your perspective I want your view, I want your voice to lead me, I want your voice to be louder than my fears. I want your faith to be greater than my cynicism, than my frustration, than my than my own faults, than my own mistakes, God. Can you just raise your hands towards heaven? Father, I ask that as we have leaned into your voice today, as we have listened today, God, I ask that there would be a great encouragement and faith that would be stirred up in our hearts. And God, that we would be ready to take the steps, even if they're small steps. God, we trust you. We don't trust our own understanding. We don't trust our own abilities. We don't trust our own hearts. We trust you. And God, today, we take the steps. Today, God, we resolve to take that step. Lord, today... Lord, we have declared our thoughts to you. We have, Lord, we have, uh, God, we've we've begun to deal with that mindset. We've asked you to renew our perspective. God, we have come before you. We've committed our heart, Lord. We've made up our mind that we wanna follow you and entirely you. God, we've leaned into learning how to listen for your voice and we choose to trust. And God, now we decide that it's time to take steps. It's time to walk out the faith that you've taught us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. God, I pray for For men and women my friends god that are here today those who are joining online that you would speak specifically into whatever they are facing and that you would give them god the strength that comes from faith faith comes from hearing your voice and god faith is unshakable in the midst of any circumstance if we know that you are with us in the name of jesus i pray god i ask that you would that you would remove cynicism and that you would remove, God, frustration, and that you would restore, God, the de- the desire to seek you. And God, I ask that those who feel like, like you've defrauded them, God, or that you let them down, I ask that they would overcome that. And God, I ask that they, would, that they would sincerely come and give you an opportunity to show that you are loving, that you are for them, God, and not against them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I'm gonna ask everyone to, if you could keep your eyes closed and hearts open. I wanna make a a very specific appeal to those who today, you find yourself far from God. Maybe not really far, but you know that you're not walking with him. Maybe at some point you did, for whatever reason, you kind of drifted away. Maybe you've never really tried out faith, but you know that something needs to change today. And God has set up this moment to give you a fresh start and a new beginning. And he's set up this moment to bring hope into your story, to bring newness and purity into your story, to forgive your sin and your mistakes, and to make all things new. And that's all through the person of Jesus. And the way to receive this gift is simply to say, God, I want Jesus to be my savior and my Lord. So how many would say today, I I need that fresh start. I need that new beginning. I need God to forgive my mistakes. If that's you, can you just raise your hand where you're at, all eyes are closed. Just raise your hand, own it. It's between you and the Lord. And just say, God, today I, I need that. I want forgiveness. I want a new beginning. I want, I want you to walk with me. I want to live life your way. I'm tired of doing it my own way. Counted 34 hands that have been raised today. And uh, there's some more too, some more that are saying, you know what, I, I think I'm ready. You're never going to regret choosing God. You're never going to regret it. And could you all say this prayer with me? We believe with our heart. We make it in statements with our mouth. Church, could you just pray with me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of hope. Thank you for the gift of a new beginning. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for Jesus. I ask that today He would be my Lord and Savior, and that from this moment on, I could live life for Him and not for myself. It's in His name that I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate the decisions that have been made today? Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out EmanuelCC.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.